Chapter 1 This is the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People went out to him from all of Jerusalem and the countryside of Judea. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John was clothed in camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey, and he began to proclaim, After me will come one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As soon as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens breaking open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness, and he was there for forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels ministered to him. After the arrest of John, Jesus went into Galilee and proclaimed the gospel of God. The time is fulfilled, he said, and the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe in the gospel. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew, They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and followed him. Going on a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat, mending their nets. Immediately Jesus called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Then Jesus and his companions went to Capernaum, And right away Jesus entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and began to teach. The people were astonished at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. Suddenly a man with an unclean spirit cried out in the synagogue, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked the spirit. Be silent, he said. Come out of him. At this, the unclean spirit threw the man into convulsions and came out with a loud shriek. All the people were amazed and began to ask one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And the news about Jesus spread quickly through the whole region of Galilee. As soon as Jesus and his companions had left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a fever, and they promptly told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her by the hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening after sunset, people brought to Jesus all who were sick and demon-possessed, and the whole town gathered at the door. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases and drove out many demons but he would not allow the demons to speak because they knew who he was. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and slipped out to a solitary place to pray. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they said, 
Everyone's looking for you. But Jesus answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so I can preach there as well, for that is why I've come. So he went throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Then a leper came to Jesus, begging on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and the man was cleansed. Jesus promptly sent him away with a stern warning, See that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and present the offering Moses prescribed for your cleansing as a testimony to them. But the man went out and openly began to proclaim and spread the news. Consequently, Jesus could no longer enter a town in plain view, but he stayed out in solitary places, yet people came to him from every quarter. Chapter 2 A few days later, Jesus went back to Capernaum, and when the people heard that he was home, they gathered in such large numbers that there was no more room, not even outside the door, as Jesus spoke the word to them. Then a paralytic was brought to him, carried by four men. Since they were unable to get to Jesus through the crowd, they uncovered the roof above him, made an opening, and lowered the paralytic on his mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there and thinking in their hearts, Why does this man speak like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once Jesus knew in his spirit that they were thinking this way within themselves. Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? he asked. Which is easier, to say to a paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk? but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately the man got up, picked up his mat, and walked out in front of them all. As a result, they were all astounded and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Once again Jesus went out beside the sea. All the people came to him, and he taught them there. As he was walking along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. Follow me, he told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was dining at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the scribes, who were Pharisees, saw Jesus eating with these people, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus told them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were often fasting, so people came to Jesus and asked, Why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and those of the Pharisees? Jesus replied, How can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? As long as he is with them, they cannot fast. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the new piece will pull away from the old, and a worse tear will result. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. Instead, new wine is poured into new wineskins. 
One Sabbath, Jesus was passing through the grain fields, and his disciples began to pick the heads of grain as they walked along. So the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus replied, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? During the high priesthood of Abiathar, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which was lawful only for the priests, and he gave some to his companions as well. Then Jesus declared, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Chapter 3 Once again Jesus entered the synagogue, and a man with a withered hand was there. In order to accuse Jesus, they were watching to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Then Jesus said to the man with the withered hand, Stand up among us. And he asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life? or to destroy it. But they were silent. Jesus looked around at them with anger and sorrow at their hardness of heart. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was restored. At this the Pharisees went out and began plotting with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. So Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, accompanied by a large crowd from Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, Edumia, the region beyond the Jordan and the vicinity of Tyre and Sidon. The large crowd came to him when they heard what great things he was doing. Jesus asked his disciples to have a boat ready for him so that the crowd would not crush him. For he had healed so many that all who had diseases were pressing forward to touch him. And when the unclean spirit saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God! But he warned them sternly not to make him known. Then Jesus went up on the mountain and called for those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve of them, whom he designated as apostles, to accompany him, to be sent out to preach, and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed, Simon, whom he named Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, whom he named Boanerges, meaning sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus. Then Jesus went home, and once again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples could not even eat. When his family heard about this, they went out to take custody of him, saying, He is out of his mind. And the scribes who had come down from Jerusalem were saying, he is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of the demons he drives out demons. So Jesus called them together and began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, it cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, it cannot stand. And if Satan is divided and rises against himself, he cannot stand. His end has come. Indeed, no one can enter a strong man's house to steal his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can plunder his house. Truly, I tell you, the sons of men will be forgiven all sins and blasphemies, as many as they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. He is guilty of eternal sin. 
Jesus made this statement because they were saying, He has an unclean spirit. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came and stood outside. They sent someone in to summon him, and a crowd was sitting around him. Look, he was told, your mother and brothers are outside asking for you. But Jesus replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? Looking at those seated in the circle around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Chapter 4 Once again Jesus began to teach beside the sea, and such a large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people crowded along the shore. And he taught them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was sowing, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Some fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun rose, the seedlings were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the seedlings, and they yielded no crop. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it sprouted, grew up, and produced a crop, one bearing thirtyfold, another sixtyfold, and another a hundredfold. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. As soon as Jesus was alone with the twelve and those around him, they asked him about the parable. He replied, The mystery of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside everything is expressed in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand any of the parables? The farmer sows the word. Some are like the seeds along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Some are like the seeds sown on rocky ground. They hear the word and at once receive it with joy, but they themselves have no root and they remain for only a season. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Others are like the seeds sown among the thorns. They hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Still others are like the seeds sown on good soil. They hear the word, receive it, and produce a crop thirtyfold, sixtyfold, or a hundredfold. Jesus also said to them, Does anyone bring in a lamp and put it under a basket or under a bed? Doesn't he set it on a stand? For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be brought to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. He went on to say, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more will be added to you. For whoever has will be given more, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day he sleeps and wakes, and the seed sprouts and grows, though he knows not how. All by itself the earth produces a crop, first the stalk, then the head, then grain that ripens within. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he swings the sickle because the harvest has come. Then he asked, To what can we compare the kingdom of God? 
with what parable shall we present it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds sown upon the earth. But after it is planted, it grows to be the largest of all garden plants, and puts forth great branches, so that the birds of the air rest in its shade. Nest. Jesus spoke the word to them, to the extent that they could understand. He did not tell them anything without using a parable, but privately he explained everything to his own disciples. When that evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us cross to the other side. After they had dismissed the crowd, they took Jesus with them, since he was already in the boat, and there were other boats with him. Soon a violent windstorm came up, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so that it was being swamped. But Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. So they woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? Then Jesus got up and rebuked the wind and the sea. Silence, he commanded. Be still. And the wind died down, and it was perfectly calm. Why are you so afraid? he asked. Do you still have no faith? Overwhelmed with fear, they asked one another, Who is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. Chapter 5 On the other side of the sea, they arrived in the region of the Gerasenes. As soon as Jesus got out of the boat, he was met by a man with an unclean spirit who was coming from the tombs. This man had been living in the tombs and could no longer be restrained, even with chains. Though he was often bound with chains and shackles, he had broken the chains and shattered the shackles. Now there was no one with the strength to subdue him. Night and day in the tombs and in the mountains, he kept crying out and cutting himself with stones. When the man saw Jesus from the distance, he ran and fell on his knees before him, and he shouted in a loud voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you before God not to torture me. For Jesus had already declared, Come out of this man, you unclean spirit. What is your name? Jesus asked. My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus repeatedly not to send them out of that region. There on the nearby hillside, a large herd of pigs was feeding. So the demons begged Jesus, send us to the pigs so that we may enter them. He gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and went into the pigs. And the herd of about 2,000 rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it described what had happened to the demon-possessed man and also to the pigs, and the people began to beg Jesus to leave their region. As he was getting into the boat, The man who had been possessed by the demons begged to go with him, but Jesus would not allow him. Go home to your own people, he said, and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and what mercy he has shown you. So the man went away and began to proclaim throughout the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed. When Jesus had again crossed by boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him beside the sea. A synagogue leader named Jairus arrived, and seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded with him urgently, My little daughter is near death. Please come and place your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. 
So Jesus went with him, and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had suffered from bleeding for twelve years. She had borne much agony under the care of many physicians and had spent all she had, but to no avail. Instead, her condition had only grown worse. When the woman heard about Jesus, she came up through the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she kept saying, If only I touch his garments, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction. At once Jesus was aware that power had gone out from him. Turning to the crowd, he asked, Who touched my garments? His disciples answered, You could see the crowd pressing in on you, and yet you ask, Who touched me? But he kept looking around to see who had done this. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him, trembling in fear, and she told him the whole truth. Daughter, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free of your affliction. While he was still speaking, messengers from the house of Jairus arrived and said, Your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? But Jesus overheard their conversation and said to Jairus, Do not be afraid, just believe. And he did not allow anyone to accompany him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they arrived at the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw the commotion and the people weeping and wailing loudly. He went inside and asked, Why all this commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. And they laughed at him. After he had put them all outside, he took the child's father and mother and his own companions and went in to see the child. Taking her by the hand, Jesus said, Talitha Kom, which means, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl got up and began to walk around. She was twelve years old, and at once they were utterly astounded. Then Jesus gave strict orders that no one should know about this, and he told them to give her something to eat. Chapter 6 Jesus went on from there and came to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. Where did this man get these ideas? they asked. What is this wisdom he's been given, and how can he perform such miracles? Isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us as well? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own household, is a prophet without honor. So he could not perform any miracles there, except to lay his hands on a few of the sick and heal them and he was amazed at their unbelief. And he went around from village to village, teaching the people. Then Jesus called the twelve to him and began to send them out two by two, giving them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing but a staff for the journey, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, and to wear sandals but not a second tunic. And he told them, When you enter a house, stay there until you leave that area. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that place as a testimony against them. So they set out and preached that the people should repent. They also drove out many demons and healed many of the sick, anointing them with oil. Now King Herod heard about this, for Jesus' name had become well known, and the people were saying, 
John the Baptist is risen from the dead. That is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Others were saying, He is Elijah. And still others, He is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard this, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has risen from the dead. For Herod himself had ordered that John be arrested and bound and imprisoned on account of his brother Philip's wife Herodias, whom Herod had married. For John had been telling Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias held a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But she had been unable because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man. When he heard John's words, he was greatly perplexed, yet he listened to him gladly. On Herod's birthday, her opportunity arose. Herod held a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests, and the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And he swore to her, Whatever you ask of me, I will give you, up to half my kingdom. Then she went out and asked her mother, What should I request? And her mother answered, The head of John the Baptist. At once the girl hurried back to the king with her request. I want you to give me the head of John the Baptist on a platter immediately. The king was consumed with sorrow, but because of his oaths and his guests, he did not want to refuse her. So without delay, the king commanded that John's head be brought in. He sent an executioner who went and beheaded him in the prison. The man brought John's head on a platter and presented it to the girl, who gave it to her mother. When John's disciples heard about this, they came and took his body and placed it in a tomb. Meanwhile, the apostles gathered around Jesus and brought him news of all they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come with me privately to a solitary place, and let us rest for a while. For many people were coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they went away in a boat by themselves to a solitary place. But many people saw them leaving and recognized them. They ran together on foot from all the towns and arrived before them. When Jesus stepped ashore and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. By now the hour was already late, so the disciples came to Jesus and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is already late. Dismiss the crowd so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus told them, You give them something to eat. They asked him, Should we go out and spend two hundred denarii to give all of them bread to eat? Go and see how many loaves you have, he told them. And after checking, they said, Five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have the people sit in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, Jesus spoke a blessing and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and he divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish, and there were five thousand men who had eaten the loaves. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After bidding them farewell, he went up on the mountain to pray. 
When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and Jesus was alone on land. He could see that the disciples were straining to row because the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the sea. He intended to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they cried out, thinking he was a ghost, for they all saw him and were terrified. But Jesus spoke up at once, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. And the disciples were utterly astounded, for they had not understood about the loaves, but their hearts had been hardened. When they had crossed over, they landed in Genesaret and moored the boat. As soon as they got out of the boat, the people recognized Jesus and ran through that whole region, carrying the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, villages and towns and countrysides, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him just to let them touch the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed.